Welcome to Content Breaker. He's Kai, I'm Kells. Of course, we're joined by Strangely Entertaining. For this week, we're talking about Bloom Into You. Gentlemen, how are you? I'm blooming. How are you? I'm... <laughs> I'm a blooming onion, Chief. That's what mm. I am. Best type onion. onion. So I'm pretty good myself. Just got back from a certain place over the weekend. Got a couple of toys. <laughs> how, how long Where's was that the like underneath in your lap? The whole time. Where's the other one? That's all I'm saying. Right here. Okay, thank you. I should have I should have bought mine, but it's... that was the plan. Uh, well, you gotta tell me the plan if we're that doing the plan. it. You gotta tell so me the plan. We planned this. So, Bloom into You was the story of two lightsabers <laughs> who are trying to figure out their way in the world. One is struggling with the death of her sister and trying to come to grips with like who she is as a person and also likes girls. And the other is trying to come to grips with who she is as a person. And why she doesn't feel any kind of emotional or romantic interaction with anybody. And these two lightsabers go on an adventure about um, questionable consent. Yes. And, you know, kind of figuring each other out and why they do things and who they are to each other. And does someone else complete you or do you complete yourself? It's very existential anime that I did not expect to find in like. Basically, a mini 12 to 13 episode anime about a you know high school romance, but that'll do it for you. The romance, the rom con genre of anime is like, dare I say, superior because anything can happen, like, anything can happen and anything will happen. But, um, I definitely think that our main characters, you and Suka, what I want to call her, Toko, yeah, Toko, um. You and Toko are just very much like refreshing for me in the Yuri genre, especially because um, there's been more like with Adachi and Shomaru and things like that. There's been a lot more recently Yuri's that haven't kind of just relied on like fan service, I feel like. And I mean, Nana was like one of the first ones, of course. Shout out to Nana. Um, but then you do have things like, dare I say, like Citrus and other animes which kind of just <laughs> rely heavy on the wow factor instead of like the emotional wow factor which or just the fact that oh look it's yuri or you know it's just looking looking for that like you know kind of that basis of like oh look it's a homosexual relationship or other oh my gosh that's crazy that's <laughs> but um wow with this so with this anime in particular, it does offer up some other existential questions, uh, as you said, that it kind of like, I guess it answers. Felt like it answered. It has a discussion on. Yeah, it has a discussion. <laughs> yeah, you know, I definitely feel like it's something that I feel like I feel like you could see yourself in you's position. You can also see yourself in Toko's position, no matter like your sex or like gender or anything like that. It's very... It just happens to be two women together. Does that make sense? Yes. And I think it does that kind of just two women together very well. Like like the whole point about it being a Yuri is less about 
as you know, you said the wow factor or the surprise or the uh, exoticness and more about here's a relationship that is immediately facing societal challenges and we're going to tell a story about it. And it's going to be from not only the angle of these two characters kind of feeling themselves out romantically, but also these two characters like figuring out themselves as individuals and that being a challenge as is the way with relationships, you know, because it always takes two individuals to make something successful. True. And, and they both bring their own perils and struggles and challenges to this. And the question is, how do they help each other? How do they go forward as a team? Can they even, is it going to stay really fucked up in the don't ever tell me you love me vibe? Yeah, it's a whole deal. Yeah, it is definitely, it's definitely a deal. And I got to say, it was definitely, when I watched this, it was somewhat like, I think I just watched it the first time because I was like low key, like super bored. And I was like, you know, I want to watch some short anime, something new. So I just turned this on. It was on Crunchyroll one day and I was like, yeah, this was all right that I did not expect. Um, But yeah, I guess we can get into our characters. I guess we can start with our girl, Yu Koito first. Um, she's a first year student, like you said, who doesn't really know what love is and kind of doesn't really understand it, why it's happening um, around everybody but her. Like she sees it in her classmates and whatnot. And she's like, oh, okay, well, you know, it, it's, it is what it is, but it's not for me. So. She she sees it. She gets what like she's been told about it. She knows how this is support supposed to work. And then when it comes down to it, she doesn't feel anything. You yeah. know, she she's been uh you know propositioned by a classmate, and he's like, "I've confessed my love," and she's like, "Cool, not yes, Thanks. not no." Thanks. I need to think about. <laughs> and that's her challenge is like okay well i'm not like adverse to it but i'm also not like yeah let's go what is this lack of feeling that i am feeling yeah and yeah, no. at first it almost seems like like oh well this is typical like oh she's gonna fall in love with the lady because like oh taboo and nah that, that's like coming off of like expectations from me but then it just doesn't turn into that at all which was a very nice change of pace but um continue static oh no i was just gonna say and you know i wondered at first if that had anything to do with like her upbringing or like because she's you know very her personality is like very like stoic i would say like she's very like she works at a bookstore and she lives above the bookstore and she's like very grounded in like I want to say like absolutes, but like reality. She's very like less extremist than Toko. Like she's very much okay. This is what we have. This is what we got to do. Much more of like a I want to say like a realist, but like a is a centralist a word? Can I make that up? If it's not a word, <laughs> a what? A centralist. Like you're very centered yeah, okay. about centralist. things. Centralist. Yeah. Or is that I like a say that- foreign country like <laughs> suppressive group or something? I wouldn't say that's because of her upbringing. You know, she has a whole family and she has a sister who's, you know, outgoing and uh, she has friends and her whole personality is that 
you know, she is indecisive at the beginning, but once she gets into something, then she just goes with it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the indecisiveness at the beginning is the big question of her personality in terms of the plot. Yeah. And especially with like, and I feel like that's like a big difference. Like this story is just like, you know, it's weird because the guy confessed to her and she was like, I have to think about it. And then Toko just kind of like throws herself at her because she's not like obsessed with Toko like everybody else is like. Let's talk about Toko. Yeah. So who's Toko? So Toko is our second main character, our notorious, if you will. And she's basically living. She's basically living in the shadow of her dead sister. Um, I know I got a lot. She's basically Ken Ichijoji. Um, <laughs> from Digimon. <laughs> because. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, she is, though, except she's not like, you know, the Dark Emperor. But so Toko's older sister passed away. Um, when she was like a student council president or something. So she's lived her whole life trying to basically replace her sister in her parents' eyes and everybody else. So she's kind of become you know, like the perfect student, the perfect daughter, all that. And she kind of hides her true personality and who she is from everybody else. But Yoko, or sorry, you is not like attracted to that and kind of sees through that facade a little bit. So our girl Toko, the student council president, is like, yo, I'm going to be infatuated with you because you are not infatuated with me and never love me so I can love you. I'm just like, so edgy. So much edgy. Yes, that is where the edge comes into this show, where it becomes... Oh, we're gonna play at toxicity. We're gonna we're gonna tease at you that this is not a, a mutually beneficial relationship. But yeah, yeah. and you know, it just kind of happens to to be that. Um, but it's interesting that Toko, you know, has a best friend since seemingly she was little, and she still doesn't show that who is the vice president. Um, she still doesn't really show that side of herself to anybody except you and. That was kind of weird to me that like how that happened just like off the bat. Like, I mean, it was kind of like, I guess, like an infatuation slash like love at first sight thing. She's like, yo, I recognize this girl. And she's like, you know, just, you know, you have the animations of the wind flowing and all that stuff and all that. And it's like, oh, yeah. And uh, one one point about uh, Sayaka, the best friend is that she's only been best friends since they've both been in high school. Yeah. So, I mean, so she didn't she didn't know her back when the event happened with her older sister or anything. She's only known the uh Toko in high school, the one that seems so put together. Yeah. So, but yeah, um our girl Toko just goes up and like, you know, well they're walking and she just kind of lays it on you like kisses her and it's like he's like well he's like well that was a thing and she's like I didn't necessarily hate it so you know (laughs) that proceeds to be a thing (laughs) that happens whenever they're alone in the student council or you know just kind of in a room 
Um, what got me the first time was like when it kind of switched up and you like initiated the kiss. And Telco was like, what are you doing? I'm like, girl, like, <laughs> this is literally like. Run that back. When did that happen? When they were like studying. And I think they were in use room or something. I believe. I think it was like episode like. Like six. early on where she was teasing her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was like episode okay. five. Yeah, it was episode five where it happened. Okay. Where they were in the room and um, you was kind of like teasing her. And Telco was getting like kind of blemished. And I was just like, girl, like, don't, don't play. So it was kind of like around then where she was like, yo, like, I can, as long as you don't love me, we'll be fine. And I'm just like, wow, like, that is so toxic. That is like, I had PTSD of like toxic things said to me in my life. It's like, I and love you because you'll never love me. And we find out it's this dumb shit because she Telco's hates herself. Like, yeah, she's like, don't ever fall in love with me because I hate myself. And I could and never I could, love anyone. I could <laughs> never love anyone who loves the part of me that I hate. And it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, Yeah, no, that's some like deep emotional trauma. That is like, some how do you solve therapy. Therapy. It's like, <laughs> it's please seek therapy because please, you need like, help, Seek the child. most expensive therapy you can find. <laughs> that is that spooky shit. Okay, content breaker disclaimer. If anyone you're trying to smash hits you with the don't ever fall in love with me because I hate myself and I will hate you to run, flee yes. immediately. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, is not worth is. everything that's going to come after that statement. Facts. Absolute yes, facts. Coming more from all more. of us here, like facts. If If she hits you with the I can never love myself. Like that's also a red flag. Cause like uh, you, that that is a, that is the biggest one of the biggest red flags. I think you could even see if you're sailing on the high seas of love and you see that flag, you better turn that ship around because this mm-hmm. is not. Like, and I'm like, man, it's just. And I'm trying to figure out too, like, why would, like, how could you, <laughs> like, now in my infinite wisdom of like growth of age i fully understand haven't been around i feel it (laughs) yeah having been through that i'm like what like that sentence just says so much it says Mm. i don't even love myself so how can you love me because like you're gonna have to get over like you're gonna have to teach that person how to love themselves before you can truly love them because who are they if they don't love themselves and that's the other thing that i guess I don't just general advice, relationship advice. Okay. From the content breaker. <laughs> Go ahead. Do work on yourself. Make sure you're okay before uh-huh. going to seek out any sort of relationship. Cause if you don't and you run into a person like this, they will drag you down with them so hard and so fast. It's- or conversely. Mm-hmm. If you aren't okay, you mm-hmm. can't be a whole partner in a healthy no. relationship True. because the relationship is not the solving of your problems. The yes. relationship is making your effort more enjoyable. And on top of that, if you are literally, there are things you hate about yourself and you've hated them for years and you've not made any active effort to change them. 
(laughs) (laughs) That says a lot about you as a person. Whether what that says is something you got to yeah, figure out for yourself. <laughs> Excuse me. You got to figure out for yourself, boyo. Yeah, you got to so, find out what, what's causing that. And and yeah. the other thing I'm thinking about, especially uh, going back to the whole relationship thing, it is okay to not be in a relationship. Perfectly fine. Perfectly okay. If you don't feel any sort of romance or some sort of way, perfectly normal. You're not crazy. Yeah, you don't have to let Simpai. Mm-hmm. Just kind of push herself on you. <laughs> yes. Because I'm going to be honest. I think this is a toxic relationship. Like, I think it's better <laughs> than Citrus by far. But I still think it's toxic up to a point. Like, it's very much because, I mean, I get, like, you got to go through it to realize that you love someone and stuff. But there are, like, a lot of moments in this where you doesn't necessarily want to, like, do things that I feel like she's, like, kind of not. I don't know if, like, forced is the right word, but, like... Pressure. Pressure, yeah. By Toko. Like, Toko is not a good person, like, for a good part of the show. Cause, and I don't feel like hurt, you know, her being hurt, like, overrides that. Like, her being in pain from the loss of her sister overrides her kind of treating you the way she does and some of the people that she treats around her. Because, like, I'm not saying she's a bad friend, but, like, if you don't give your friends the opportunity to love or hate you for who you really are, like that's not necessarily fair to them because they don't even really know who you are. So they don't really know who they have around them. And that's part of the entire point of this, the story mm-hmm. is that Togo doesn't know who she is. Right. So that's kind of the adventure. Everyone is going on through adolescence. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the focus. Even though we're dealing with now everyone's of an age where romance is a player in the game. Yeah, which is um, definitely, like you said, one of the themes. Um, And that's what, like, I think the most prominent theme is, like, like you said, struggling to figure out who you are and living up to an idea. Like, Toko is trying to live up to the idea of her sister Mio, which... Is that her sister? Yeah, Mio. Um, which, you know, is kind of self-imposed, honestly. I don't feel like... At, at this point, yes. But it's all coming from, you know, the, the, the slew of, of coping and, and living with this kind of loss of a loved one who is meaning yeah. so much to you. And then the kind of innocuous... in statements from family members at the time we see you know uh her sister dies when she's at you know a a young age 10 11 ish give or take and all of her family members are like you need to you know uh live up to you know be the best person you can be for mio's sake you gotta like hustle your ass off for mio's sake and that was all said in like around the funeral time. And now she's living with that kind of expectation that's been yeah. impressed on her that no one else even thinks about at this point in time. But she's living with that. She's living with the, okay, I've got to do whatever the fuck I got to do for my sister's sake. And that might just become being a replacement for my sister. Mm-hmm. Which is super sad, but um, it's real, you know. A lot of people 
I feel like in life go through things where they feel like they have to, you know, replace someone else that loses them because of like, you know, their duty to others. Like I joked, but like a really good comparison is also like, you know, Ken Ichijoji from Digimon where like he became a genius soccer star because that's what his brother was. And he became crazy and became Digimon Ember on the other side, on like the split side. So it makes me wonder, you know, if you hadn't come along or if like we saw more of this part of Toko, like if she has a like part of her that is just kind of like out of control or is like her relationship towards you that part? Like, is that her escape from, you know, her version of Toko that is Mia is like her... I guess you really in love with you or is this just her being in lust with something else to distract her from her constant act that she has to keep up? That's an interesting question, um, which, you know, the 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 bubbly, happy side <laughs> says it's not just her being in lust with another thing to distract from her inevitabilities um, and that like. Kind of the way that the show portrays it is that her relationship with you is really the only time that Toko Nanami is recognized for herself. Mm-hmm. Like every other relationship, whether intentionally or unintentionally, is just Toko's portraying what she has to be or her ideal. You know, with her parents, it's I'm going to go be the best student and replace my sister with her, her, her peers and her classmates. It's I'm going to be the best motherfucker because no one else can. Only I can be this great. So I'm going to hustle my ass off and I'm going to be this great. I have to be special. Where, you know, with you, she can be whoever she is. She doesn't have to put on the facade. She doesn't have to put on the front and she can experience which the issue being and the reason this relationship gets toxic is because Toko is not prepared to comprehend what that means to mm-hmm. comprehend and and accept laying down the facade and it not being a secret that she is you know not what she wants to portray she's not perfect and at the beginning of that that's that's vital like the whole you relationship and and more so than just the whole uh, romantic side is just having someone to show weakness and have be a, a shoulder to lean on. I agree. And and the whole arc with Toko is we have this whole setup where she's she's taking on the challenge of living up to an ideal about you know replacing her sister and her sister's like this this perfect comprehension of a person and she's gonna go be the best because that's who she thinks it, her sister is but what she runs up against is the fact which is a challenging thing to consider and really comprehend is that people are different depending on who they're involved with what the situation is what type of relationship is it? There are many faces to an individual. Mm-hmm. And to understand that intrinsically is a challenge. You know, like I had someone in real life actually tell me that they have a mask for every person they talk to. 
and that they don't even know who the real them is anymore because they just wear so many masks. And I've been thinking about that for years, ever since like this person told me that. And I was like, you know, that's not as odd or, you know, as I guess not even odd. That's not as like uncommon, but I don't think it needs to be masked. I think that's just how it is. Cause you know, with you all, you know, I feel close and comfortable with y'all. So you all see a different side of static than, you know, people at work see, you know, they see the work side. That's not necessarily me being fake, but that's me, you know, choosing what to portray in front of those other people. And I feel like that's only natural because that is part of like, you know, everybody doesn't get your whole self, you know, and you don't really owe anybody your whole self either. And I feel like that's one of the things that is love is letting people like see your true self. And I feel like that's also what blooming to you might be expressing. You think about it, excuse me, when you think about it in a more intrinsic way. Yeah. And, and, and the, the, the comp one, one thing I really like about this is the later on towards the tail end of the episodes, you know, we're, we're dealing with this challenge of who is Mio, who is this sister, you know, uh, Toko sees her as one thing. Um, her classmate who's come back to help direct and, the play, and, yeah. and the, help the play uh, practices go along has a totally different experience with this person. And finally we get to the coffee shop where it's you or excuse me, it's Toko and it's Sayaka and they're uh, they're just talking and they're just like, yo, I know something's going on. Tell me about it. Mm hmm. And then, and then, you know, we see, we see Toko really struggling with it. Okay. Uh, I, the you I know may not even be the you or uh, the, the sister I know may not even be the sister that's actually real. And I've been uh, chasing Sayaka, like something that's not even real this whole time. And Sayako's like, listen, whatever your experience was is just as real as anyone else's. Tell me about your experience. And that's the crazy part. That's the difficult part to like deal with things. You know, I had a terrible, tragic relationship with my father, but as I have grown into not needing him to be my dad, like seeing him as a man, as a worker, it's like, and, and hearing from other people who have dealt with him in that facet, it's like, man, so he was an only asshole to me. Uh, no, um, <laughs> But no, like seeing other people's interactions with them and, mm. and the, the frame of reference and that for one person, all of these experiences are valid. I really appreciated the way that that uh, Bloom Into You handled this whole kind of story arc and, and plot progression about this topic. No, I agree, like 100 percent. And that's the beauty of the play for me. Like whenever a slice of life anime has a play. I know it's going to be an absolute fucking banger because um, <laughs> like when like Toko comes up with the kind of theme of it and how this person has amnesia, that feels like that's a metaphor for her, like even subconsciously. Oh, yes, of course. Like, yeah. um, like, who is she like? And she's does she take does she believe like, you know, her friends, does she believe her family or does she believe her lover? And the fact that at the end, like, it's revealed that, you know, she chooses to love her because that person knows her, like, with the most walls down. And then I felt like it actually, because we never get to see the play, but I feel like the 
true ending of the play might be that they're all real, especially when she gets this information from her friend, um, Sayaka, because it is, you know, like who we see are like, we can't just take a person based off of one experience. We have to kind of encompass all of the experiences that we have with people to kind of get who they are, because um, we all know a person who I have very complicated you know, feelings towards. <laughs> and I love to rag on her, but, you know, there are things that I still, you know, appreciate her for. I'm like, yes, you're a great worker, but like your personal life is absolute ass. But does that take away, you know, your work skills? It doesn't. And, you know, like it's kind of one of those things where you just have to decide where your threshold is for messing with that person. Like, does that come like you're a kind individual, but like you treat other people like crap. You're nice to me. So, but you know, I don't like the way you treat other people. So it's a no go or things like that. We got to figure out where our threshold is. And that's where we kind of meet that person. And that's how, mm-hmm. yeah. Which in the, in this show we see, you know, in the whole relationship in the, in the physical progression uh, with you and Toko, where Toko's like, all right, I'll keep my hands off you until after the sports day, but then you're going to, you're going to give me a reward. (laughs) You're going to take the initiative. And we get to that point and, and use like, I don't think that I should be doing this. This is the line. This is the line that if I cross, we go into a new territory. If I take the initiative, things change. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's that whole thing. Of making the call about where the boundaries are. Mm-hmm. To which we see that go on and progress and yay, hooray. We don't get a solid answer at the end, but hey, you know what? We had a good time. Yeah, we did. We <laughs> had a, a very interesting journey. Um, and kind of the other thing, uh, just in life in general, going back to like the multiple faces thing about the play and everything. Uh being on this earth for as long as I have, I've learned that 30 years, sorry, almost (laughs) you're fine. You're fine. You learn that you don't really know somebody until you see the truth comes out or to, until they either show you who they really are or until the truth just comes out and, you know, everybody wears a mask and, you know, with, with, with me personally, I don't really open up to people that well. Uh, I have to know you for a while. And even this, this new uh, club I'm advising for, uh, it's taken me a hot minute to get to know everybody. Cause I mean, just to open up, they're like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just quiet at first. That's all. And it takes a hot minute to know the okay. real strangely entertaining Yeah, to get there. Um, you don't, you don't really but, know somebody until you figure out who all their roommates are. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true as well. Or until a uh, arrest report comes out about them, you know. So you just never really know what, what these don't, particular don't people fuck. are. Oh my god! Don't get me started on that. Uh, <laughs> y'all gonna have to explain <laughs> that to me later. Uh, later, we, we, later, later, later. Yeah. But uh, just I had questions about myself. I'm like, <laughs> let me write that one down. <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, but no, yeah, de- definitely. You, you, it takes time. It, t- it takes and time to to get to know somebody, and 
only only time will tell if they open up or if they want to keep secrets and one last uh one last thing i want to mention is not that i like to talk about it but you know growing up in a funeral home you deal with death a lot and you especially don't know somebody until all the distant friends and family come out after a couple of years of whatever and they just show up at the funeral and like wow that was a completely different person that i had no idea existed but they're all the same people because mm-hmm. humans are multifaceted we just we... oh yeah customer service me is not me yeah. on the podcast <laughs> exactly yes so like like bank static is not the static you're gonna get if you run across me in the streets <laughs> like that is now uh, one one other challenge that we see with uh the toko kind of, of story progression is as we deal with the singular goal, I'm going to become my sister. As we grow and we progress and we see that the perception of the sister is not necessarily the whole of the person, and that kind of shakes Toko's ideal, we then face the challenge of the reason that they're putting on the play is because Toko wants to do what her sister could, right? Her sister croaked before they put on the play. So now, seven years later, Toko's going to put on the play because she's going to be her sister. It's a whole deal. Mm-hmm. But now that her, her ideal of her sister has been shaken, what comes after accomplishing the play? What yes. does Toko do then? And this kind of spurs on into the other question about who is Toko as mm-hmm. a person, which, you know, plays into her relationships, plays into uh, her romantic relationship with you being the the few times that uh, Toko as an individual and not an ideal or a persona <laughs> is, is really happy? recognized. Yeah, yeah. So that that is another kind of theme of what do you do after your single goal in life of revenge is achieved? Do you just croak? Do you continue to go? What happens in the long term? You defeat the world government. Um. <laughs> then what, man? Then what? <laughs> One um, piece will not stop. <laughs> um, That is a good question, you know, and it's kind of, you know, wild how meta it is that, you know, that, Toka has kind of like an endpoint of being herself, like a queer established. Like your sister's life only got to this point, so no one knows Mio after after the play. So either way, she's going to be addressed with that, and that also meeting the kind of climax of like you as well. You know, like does she find her answer in you? Does she find like how does she find it? She has to basically, you know, figure out who she is by this time, or she has to you know, kind of just decide on something. And that's what we see, like, you know, in the, like, we kind of see her kind of feeling that, like, this, when we get to episode 12, and that's kind of like the end of the series, or the end of the mon- anime, the manga. 13? Okay. It was 13 episodes. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Um, and we see... Like, she kind of gives, like, a different type of kiss than she's been given, you know, you the whole time. It's kind of like a more, I guess, like, a true, like, passionate kiss opposed to, like, the kisses that have been happening 
before. That's what I surmise could be wrong. But we kind of see that her, like, she's changing. And, you know, changing for the better, I would say. And, you know, it kind of sucks that we don't have, like, a clear, you know, answer to a lot of this. Because it was only 13 episodes and it's still... I still feel like we might get a season two because, like, just... Like, Kona Suba's coming back for a season three and a spinoff series, so... Really? That's the first yeah. I've heard of that. I'm That's excited. also an isekai, so get out of my face with that. No, but I'm just the, saying, like, we didn't think it would come back, you know? Yeah. Devil's a part-timer. Also an isekai. Get out of my face with that. Hunter, Hunter, it? not oh. an isekai. No one ever thought it was coming back. Is is it? <laughs> yes. A lot of just, like, Tagashi's writing again, and he's, like, a lot happened over the five days that we... we yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Man. we leave the world loop for five days or whatever, and everything just either goes crazy or sets back on track or what. It, yeah. Maybe we got to do it again. We got to leave for another five days. Oh, we are. I rebooked my ticket. So, yeah, we'll plan <laughs> it out in another f- f- four months. <laughs> but, um, so, like, I feel like this could come back because overall, it has a high rating on, you know, the anime rating sites that Zog doesn't believe in. And I'm, I mean, but but is there more to tell? There's no more manga. There's no more light novel. That's it. I mean, there's more than this ended with. No, there was a there was eight volumes of the manga. There was a light novel series that says regarding uh, Saiki Sayaka. So there might be a side plot where we find out what happens. Uh, with Sayaka, yeah. which would be good. The I'd be cool with seeing ending. I think for what I looked up, I don't know, man. I'm just looking at numbers. Honestly, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Well, no, yeah, you're right. Um, but like, I mean, it's not like a horrible ending, of course. Like, it's not enough for me to be like, oh. I just wish there's things that you know we could saw. And again, you know, I feel like somehow every podcast I bring up fruits basket, but um. <laughs> <laughs> that what Fruits Basket like literally delivered on everything that it put out and showed it excuse me and I feel like that is one thing that plagues the slice of life like I'll say shonen sometimes get plagued by like you know the big bag can never live up to it was built up to or things like that or something in their endings but like are you just mad about the the, the punch of courage are we Soul talking about the, Soul Eater? Are Soul we talking about Fairy Tail? Like, there's so of many no things out there that, that the Punch of Courage could, like... Uh, um, okay, okay, fair play. I, I'm not as well-versed as you, I guess. So, <laughs> shoot, are we talking about freaking Yu Yu Hakusho at this point? Uh, God, that may have made it better, but it's okay. Um, so, but I feel like Slice of Life is sometimes played by, like, the payoff not happening. Mm-hmm. Like, because... If I look at some of my favorite slice of life, is ones that have like clear endings, and ones that yeah. like have payoff for me. Like, mm. there's a large number that didn't. Like, Bunny Girl is one of the very few where even though we didn't see a kiss, I was still satisfied. You know, like because Strange still got to watch that. We gotta, we gotta put that on the podcast for these hoes. Yes, <laughs> um, we do. But like, and it's just like. I almost got that with this. Like, you know, I felt like if there was just a little more, but the fact that we never saw the play, the fact that they never really confessed that they love each other to each other, 
like I felt like there was just things that were like holding me back from this being like truly like next level. Like it was good. Like the existential questions that we had that made us sit back and contemplate ourselves were done really yeah. well. But like, what was the payoff? You know, it just, and it wasn't like done in a way where it just left us with the questions. Like I'm trying to compare it to another anime that just kind of left things open ended. Like not even anime, but like soul, like, Y'all, you both have seen Soul, right? Yeah. Because we did it for a podcast. Okay. <laughs> Kels hasn't seen Soul. <laughs> but um, in Soul, it leaves an open-ended question. like, what is the meaning of life? But it does that in a way where you can, like, kind of bring your own answer into it so there's no wrong or right. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like this I mean, is on the cusp of doing that, but it doesn't do that, which kind of like. it's So that's, like, purposefully leaving it open for, yeah. like, yourself to question and to think of, like, what your answer would be versus, like, well, this is where we're going to stop. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. As much as I hate the non-conclusion, I think this did it incredibly well. I think as much as I paid attention to the story and as much as I got, Especially with when, you know, we had you go and be like, I, I want you to rewrite the ending. We're the one that is currently being seen. The one with amnesia is the one that we choose. She's important. Mm-hmm. Fuck the past. The now is important. And like the introduction of that whole change is done in practice while they're waiting for the penguin parade. And it's this whole, you know, whole thing moment and their whole vibe at the at the aqua park i think it's incredibly well themed and placed ending but fuck i want a solid conclusion same i agree same. yes um and and i think this show does everything incredibly well right so one thing that i really found interesting was how they kind of tied together uh, the visual demonstration of loneliness, right? So at the very beginning and, uh, you know, through various points throughout, we see you and her struggle for feeling emotions and the desire to, you know, reach out and, and feel. And this is kind of the, the symbolization of loneliness, being mm-hmm. underwater, reaching and not achieving you know, the surface, not not achieving the feelings. And to see that then pivoted into the final episode where they go to the aquarium and this kind of whole underwater vibe is shown with both you and Toko together. And it's no longer a vibe of loneliness and wanting. It's a vibe of a common experience. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really nice visual tie-in to go along with all of the other shit we've been through already. I agree. <clears throat> I think that was done well as well. Um, I really like to see, like you said, that visual, like, and, you know, kind of seeing how things were animated, like how it was like, the screen was all like sparkly and glittery when they were having their moments and whatnot. And just kind of like, it looked, the animation in general was like very clean. Mm-hmm. When when you started to have feelings and you started to notice the sparkliness and the mm-hmm. stop, you know, the, the, the whole, you know, slowed down time. And it's like, 
Uh, and and that the entire emotions as the viewer that comes with that mm-hmm. because the whole vibe is oh god she's catching feelings it's gonna ruin the whole thing we're going for right now i want them to be happy that's all i want i just want everybody to be happy true and feelings are gonna ruin all of this <laughs> and then we go through that whole arc yeah. yeah it was a ride it was a ride and it was a good ride it was. I enjoyed it, and I feel like I feel like we need more, but only because like we need to see the conclusion. But it was a fun ride, though. What you so? What you guys recommend this to someone? Like, who would you recommend this to if you were recommending this to someone? Not an asshole. True. <laughs> um. No, I I think this is a great example of romance. Um of kind of slice of life because there's no supernatural stuff so we can get away with you know them not being like money girl senpai is not a slice of life um yeah but you know and and anyone who wants to kind of focus on story and relationship points Mm -hmm. uh when it comes to storytelling like there is no action i mean i'm not gonna say there's no action but uh (laughs) you know it's not a shonen yeah there's, the, no, there's no battle scenes. There's no there's no fighting. It's yeah. all humans living their lives, going through human struggles. And that is the interesting part. And uh, that's why drama exists. That's why drama is so compelling. That's why soap operas go for thousands of episodes forever and, you know, still be watched. I still can't believe it. <laughs> hmm. Uh, I would recommend this to anybody who wants to pay attention to anime and have a good time. True. Same. Same. I recommend this to anybody who needs to like feel something. This is a good representation of like, I feel like the question of love. What is love? Um, Baby, don't hurt me. (laughs) No more. Um, But no, it's a great, you know, a great iteration of contemplating who you are and like how to like what really goes into like love and the work and things of it and you know shout out to the beginning of pride month you you know so mm-hmm. watch blooming of you don't be a jerk enjoy yeah, it don't be a jerk <laughs> i feel it's like not citrus citrus is trash not citrus this is very done very well i feel like with all yes. the existential questions it should have been in the last month's lineup <laughs> it's a great transition episode <laughs> yeah. to pride month um, it's like we did it on don't, purpose. <laughs> don't be a jerk. Um, of course, you can catch us not being jerks all here on Content Breaker on all your podcatchers. We're talking Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Podcast at Content Breaker or Twitter, Instagram, YouTube at Content Breaker as well. Gentlemen, y'all have us too. Yes, you can find me at Static Treads with a Z because I'm cool and because <laughs> I have a Twitter. Hell yeah. You can yeah. find me on Twitter as well at StrangelyInt. Strangely ENT, uh, where I do stuff occasionally. I don't know. I'll just tweet stuff. And then I'm also on YouTube. Look for Strangely Entertaining. And don't forget to follow me on Twitch where Tuesdays at 9 o'clock, once the once, once, uh, central time, once the schedule gets back on track, that'll be a thing. I promise. Cute. Tuesdays? Tuesdays, 9 o'clock central time. Yes. Oh, that was yesterday. Okay. So or next was, week. Yes. Great. Yes. And of course, sketch the other product for more anime hot mess at your typical Shona protagonist. All your podcatchers, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. 
your typical feminine protagonist. We have something on the docket for next yes, week. It is Revolutionary yep. Girl Utena. Oh my god. I'm so excited. <laughs> Me too. So, I have no idea what I'll be watching, <clears throat> but yes. <laughs> You'll, You'll be, be watching, watching greatness. <laughs> yeah. It's a ride, bro. You better watch it. Like It looks like a ride. Give yourself <laughs> ample time because it's it's good. It's yeah, 39 episodes. <laughs> watch the intro and be amazed. <laughs> be amazed at the amazing anime intro. Yes, <laughs> in the in that order. All right, we'll catch you next week on Content Breaker. Bye. Bye.